You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Today's Bible reading is from Matthew 5, 1-12. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks. Listen to what the Lord has to say. Josie Edwards, isn't she lovely? I know. I don't have a sweet voice like her. Blessings. Lovely. I'm going to move this just because I don't step back and step on the presents or fall in the Christmas tree. Won't be pretty. I don't really need that, do I? No. Oh, thanks, Ben. Well, welcome. Welcome to church this morning. If you're visiting, it's great to have you along. We've been going through a series looking at the Beatitudes in the Bible, and I get the lucky job of wrapping us up here today before we move on to our Christmas series starting next week. Um, If this is your first time, I recommend that you have a listen um, to our past sermons. We've got them on podcast or see the sound desk after the service, and I'm sure they'll work out a a tape or a a CD or something, whatever you listen to at home, um, just to have a listen through. But before I move on any further, let's pray. God, we just um, pray for this morning. Pray that um, my words will not be mine, but yours. Open our hearts just to hear from you and grow closer to you. In your name, amen. So the particular verse that we are focusing on today is Matthew 5, 10 to 12. I'm just going to read that again. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets that were before you. I've got it up there, that's great. (laughs) So as Neil and Steve have discussed in earlier weeks, When our Bible says blessed or blessed, it has a greater meaning than what we might use the word for today. If someone was to sneeze, the response is, ah, bless you. Or it can be used as a way to show affection towards somebody because of something they have done. Oh, you brought me a coffee, oh, bless. The Greek word here, blessed, is the word makarios, which actually has a greater meaning than today's use of the word happy. 
The use of the word happy generally has superficial connotations, which is based on nice feelings, based on good circumstances, like these pictures show on the next slide. If the sun is shining on this picture on your right, and I am sitting there with my strong, warm coffee, overlooking the beautiful beach, sand in your feet, my husband lovingly looking at me from beside, my kids playing nicely with each other in the sand, maybe my baby just sleeping peacefully beside me. This is blessed. But in another instance, if it's raining, I'm freezing, cold, I've got a milky, cold coffee, sitting there, um, my kids are pulling each other's hair, my husband's rolling his eyes on me, at me. This isn't the feelings of blessed or happy. But God is saying, in both of these scenarios, you are blessed, you can find happiness. The word makarios, meaning a more in-depth happy, no matter the circumstances that we are faced with, there is a contentment, there is a joy. In the war, in the chaos, in the turmoil, God is still God and he even calls us blessed and happy. What stood out to me most when we were looking at these Beatitudes is there are a list of things that we spend our life running away from. Poverty, even gentleness, mourning and grief, merciful and meekness, even being the peacemakers. In our world today, we're encouraged to have a voice, stand up for what you believe in, no matter the effect or the consequence that you might have on somebody else. Not to be less than anyone else, but to fight for our rights, for what we want, but not to portray these qualities that God talks about here in the Beatitudes. We do live in a society that is all about our safety and our comfort. Even in some Christian cultures, there are the thoughts that if you're poor, if you're being persecuted, well, God must have turned his back on you. You must be repaying for the wrongdoing. But Jesus here in the book of Matthew stops those thoughts right here and says, uh, Jesus himself sits with his disciples and says, there is a greater blessing than this world can offer. There is a heavenly blessing that is not of this world if you allow yourself to be meek, to be poor, to be gentle, to hunger and thirst for God, these are the times that we allow God to be more and us to be less and see God's true everlasting blessing. Jesus is saying, there is a countercultural way to live. Blessed are you when you are persecuted, when people tell you that they don't like you, when they harm you, when they take from you, when they insult you, call you names and speak wrongly about you, you are still blessed. And not just blessed, but God calls us to rejoice and to be glad in that blessing, that only God can provide a greater reward for us, our seats in heaven. Now, I don't know about you, but when people are yelling at me and insulting things they don't like about me, one thing I do not feel is very oh. blessed. And two, I don't really feel like rejoicing in that blessing but this is what God is calling us here to do. Now, when I think of the word persecution, I think of that as my, um, my mind goes to that of overseas Christians in North Korea and China, where Christians are forced to worship underground for risk of being killed or tortured for their faith. Open Doors have released a map 
um, showing the top 50 countries in the world persecuting the Christian faith. And we've got one on the back wall as you enter in um, as well. The statistics show for the world, um, worldwide persecution of Christians has risen for the fourth year in a row, with Asia particularly showing a rapid rise. The statistics are that worldwide, 322 Christian people are killed for their faith every month. 214 churches and Christian properties are destroyed every month and 722 forms of violence committed against Christians. So God is saying, blessed are those 722 Christians being attacked violently for their faith. Blessed are those 322 Christians being killed for their faith. And blessed are the 214 churches. They know their greater heavenly blessing. They know the greater heavenly blessing than what the world can offer them. They know their place with God. Now, don't get me wrong, as we spoke about in the first few weeks, God isn't actually happy that people are getting murdered for their faith. God is saying, in that struggle of persecution, in that storm, he is with them. He can be with them and cause them to rejoice in who they are through God because they know that he is there with them and calls them to a greater place in knowing him and knowing who they are through him. So we should be in prayer for our overseas brothers and sisters in Christ that are having to face these trials. And as a church, we've got a great missions committee that support and look at these um, options in supporting these Christians overseas as well. But you may be thinking, well, we don't live in one of those top 50 countries being persecuted. We have freedom to be able to come to church on a Sunday and to worship God. But what does this verse mean for us here in Australia today? Now, I don't wanna pretend that we face this amount of persecution. But what I do know is something is changing here in Australia. And it might not be to the extent that we see overseas, but it can be a real challenge for us all. So in, uh, now, religious freedom exists in the 21st century in the Western world, but the cost imposed on Christians who exercise it can be quite prohibitive. Across the West, governments are withdrawing funding for Christian groups while activist networks intensify the war against Christians by means of some propaganda or lawsuits. And even in the education sector we've seen and the media and the military, there is advocacy against Christianity and Christian groups. I was reading a recent article about Big W this Christmas, um, deciding that they wanted to remove, um, just onto the next slide, sorry, move, um, remove all mention of Christmas from their popular tree range or Christmas trees as we know them. Or Kmart, on their, um, one of the major shops I shop at, um, deciding that they wanted to not call it Christmas Day in their opening hours on Google search, but instead calling it the Day of the Family. This shows us that the tables are turning in our Western culture. They may not be as accepting as Christians and, and Christmas as they once were. Paul writes in his letter in 2 Timothy 3, 10 to 12, you, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions and suffering. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, 
Lycium and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will be persecuted. Paul is saying here, we will face persecution. People will disagree with us, feel like we are faced with enemies against the Christian faith. But in saying this, just as verse 9 states, blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called sons of God. Being a peacemaker doesn't mean that we should go out looking to be persecuted. We should be looking for peace with the world and for others. And as a result, we will be persecuted. And God calls us later on in verse Matthew 5, 43 to 44, saying, you have heard that it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Are you praying for your enemies this morning? For our media, for our governments, for those that falsely accuse or present the Christian faith, prayer is powerful. And I encourage you to be in prayer, to be in prayer that the Christian faith will be presented right in our world today. So what, does persecution, uh, what persecutions are you faced with today? Persecution for you might look like it says in Matthew 5, 12. Insults, people falsely saying all things wrong about you, or maybe even criticising you for your faith. You might not have got that promotion at work you're in line for because of your religious faith. Maybe this Christmas, you're faced with persecution from your family members, and every time that you get together, you feel like they just team up against you because of your faith. You might have those um, friends that ignore you in the workplace because you've declared that you're a Christian. Um, maybe at your local gym or your club, you might have that stigma around you and people might not want to associate with you. You might feel if you did share your faith with your colleagues or your neighbours that they might not invite you out on the weekend or to the local um, street party. But let me encourage you, no matter where we are with God, God wants to draw near to you and meet you there in that struggle, in that struggle of persecution, in our struggles of sin, in our struggles of seeking righteousness and knowing God, in that storm, he can meet you where you are and calls us to rejoice. Rejoice because we know that we are not there alone that we have a God that is with us all the time. And we know our place with him and knowing who we can be through him. But the question is today, would you forsake everything to know Jesus? Even the comfortable that this world may offer, the fleeting of happiness, the sacrifice to know a happiness that is not fleeting like the world knows happiness, but is everlasting like our God is everlasting. I'm going to ask Jeremy to come up while I share one last story with you. And he's going to softly just play in the background. Back 150 years ago, many missionaries came from England and Germany to northeast India to spread the gospel. At the time, 
Northeast India was not divided into many states as it is today, but instead tribal communities that were quite primitive and aggressive by nature. One Welsh missionary succeeded in converting a man, his wife and two children. And the, faith, the man's faith proved contagious and many of the villagers began to accept Christianity. Angry, the village chief summoned all the villagers. He then called the family who had first converted to renounce their faith in public or face persecution. The man didn't know what to do or what to say, but the only thing that came to mind was the song he himself composed when he first came to faith in Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. With those words, he said, his children were horrifically killed. He was given another chance, and this time with his wife's life on the line. His response, the cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back, no turning back. And after her tragic death, he was given just one opportunity to save himself. Yet he continued to sing. Though no one joins me, still I will follow. Even though that man and his wife died on that day, they were considered blessed. They knew their place with God and their heavenly blessing. But even with their deaths, a miracle took place. The chief who had ordered the killings was moved by the faith of the man. And in a spontaneous confession of faith, he declared, I too belong to Jesus Christ. When the crowd heard this from the mouth of the chief, they all turned to God. We're going to sing that hymn in a moment. But as you do, turn to God. No matter the persecution, the struggles you face in your life today, God wants to be there with you. Wants to lavish his blessing, his love and his joy on you this morning. Not even death, not even persecution can separate us from the love of knowing God. But would you say forsake everything to know Jesus this morning? Can I invite the team up to sing? Thank you. 